Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. If you are a leader, you will face challenges. That's part of leadership. It's part of what makes it fun. You never know what is going to hit you on a given day. And today we're going to explore some of the biggest challenging topics that are facing leaders this year. And I will give you my number one pick, though when I'm listening to the panel, I may change my pick. We'll see. As a leader, you never know what it is that you're going to face. It could be a crisis, could be a normal day, could be a customer complaint, a technology issue, could be an opportunity to buy a company, could be an opportunity to expand or create a whole new service. You just never know what you are going to find in a given week. But there are some years where you just know there's some major things ahead. It's almost like you are whitewater rafting and you never know about the current, the wind, the direction of things or what's ahead, but you know a few things because you've studied the map, you know the terrain. And today we're going to cover some of that terrain to cover some of the major challenges that leaders are going to face in the coming year. So with me today, to talk about leadership challenges are three leaders. We have Tammy Spade. Welcome back, Tammy. Thank you. One of my favorite topics, so I'm thrilled to be here. You just set yourself up as an expert. We're going to expect you to answer Oops. everything. <laughs> leadership expectations. Oops. The second, we have Drew Bordis. Welcome back, Drew. Thank you. I actually just followed Tammy in the room. You did? But thanks for having me. And you didn't even know what room nope, you were I in. I just walk around. Just random. Yep. And we have new to the Aim Higher podcast. We're thrilled to have Chip Nilgis. Welcome, Chip. Thanks, Skip. Glad to be here. Chip and Skip on the same podcast. Right. We are doomed. I'm the lesser yes. Ip. <laughs> no, we, we are just confusing the world with Ip. So let's start with Tammy. And let's ask you, what's just one challenge that you see as facing leaders in this coming year? There's many, so you have to pick one. I would say staffing. That's probably the biggest challenge, making sure that we have the people, the skills at the right time to deliver what we need to deliver to our customers. Staffing. People are just moving around so much, and we aren't even experiencing as much of it as other companies are, but that's what keeps me up at night. So staffing, in your definition, would include recruitment. It would include retention. Yes. It would include development. Yes. Anything else? I think that covers it. Excellent. So staffing is a big, huge issue right now. We're seeing lots of turnover in many industries. We're seeing people in this great resignation, they mm -hmm. call it. Record number of people are starting new businesses, are starting new ventures. Is staffing an issue elsewhere in this organization, in the economy, anyone else? I think we're all seeing staffing as an incredible uh, turnover issue. What other issues would you say are big issues facing leaders? Chip? Uh, networking comes to mind. So I think in the pandemic, we're working virtually. We're not traveling to the usual conferences we travel to. We're not, uh, we're not out and about the way we are. That also applies to the organization itself. You're not seeing people face to face in the same way. So in order to maintain and grow your network, you have to be intentional and do it in new ways, perhaps. So relationships are so normally 
time in person and now switching to video and Zoom calls, which I find exhausting, all these video calls. So networking, you would say, big challenge for leaders, up-and-coming leaders, people just networking in general, business deals in general, I guess, are harder to come by when you're not meeting with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It can be done. And uh, I, I know that in the last 30 years, because that's how long we've been in the pandemic, right? 30 years. At least 30 years. Yeah. That my ability to use video conferencing, et cetera, has improved dramatically. I'm much more comfortable doing that. And I've learned to network intentionally with colleagues at the company and, and also folks that I know out in the industry. Yeah, it's an interesting new way to network, and yet it is very, very different. And I wonder the pros and cons of each type of networking. And it goes back to Tammy's earlier comment on staffing, because staffing, I guess, also, I guess we would add networking in some ways, mm -hmm. because it helps with retention and relationships. Many people stay at a company because of those relationships, and it's intentional networking doing that. Yes. So I would say they relate in, yes, in some ways. I agree. And Drew, what big challenge would you say facing leaders in so this I, coming year? Staffing was my number one, but um, since Tammy took that, I'm going to go. You um, sound so upset. It's okay. It's okay. I, I can I can adapt. <laughs> um, I am worried about inflation in the United States, at least. I think the rate of inflation we're seeing is going to rear its head in several different places. If you looked at staffing, I think there's going to be wage pressure. I don't think all businesses can necessarily just pass the the higher costs onto their customers. So I think there's going to be some some pinching there in ways where we're not even sure yet. So I think, you know, every company will not deal with that the same, right? We're not all in the same markets and the same situations, but there's going to be significant pressure there. And I do think it's interesting knowing the three of you, how those topics come up that Tammy's concerned about the people and, you know, recruiting them and retaining them. And then Chip is over here thinking about networking, and historically, Tammy, really kind of background in HR and marketing. Mm -hmm. Chip, your background in business development, acquiring companies, yep. selling companies, doing deals. I mean, it's interesting. And then Drew just wants to hit the bottom line. Well, I mean- Where's the, where's top, the money? Top line's good, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're, they're both good. Both lines. Perfect alignment. It's, it's a really very interesting combination. What other challenges would you say that you would add to that list? Just top of mind. Anyone think of, you know, you, you have to think about challenges. You would think about a few of these. Well, we've alluded to it a little bit with staffing and culture um, or staffing and networking, but culture, corporate culture is being, you know, turned really upside down. How do you establish culture in a hybrid or remote environment? How do you keep a culture if perhaps you're in an industry like healthcare or hospitality or service industries where people can't work remotely, but they're so pressured because of the workload, because there are staffing shortages, that culture is stressed and pressured in those environments. So I think the whole idea of corporate culture is going to be remade and reshaped in this decade. Definitely. I mean, Tammy, something Chip and I were talking about briefly before, uh, before we got on the podcast was habits. And habits that have been formed. And I mean, we're going to be two years into this in a couple of months, which is just mind blowing. But that is well past the time it takes to develop new habits. So if we do want to come out of this and, and snap your fingers and everybody come back to the office, it, it's not going to happen like that. And we, so we're going to really have to be purposeful about what do we want this to turn into? Because we don't want to lose all the cultural goodness. 
Yeah, and nobody wants to go backwards. They want to go forwards right. and think about what, what have we learned and what mm-hmm. are the great things we can adapt from all the experiences we've had post-pandemic. So that is certainly a leadership challenge. What would you add to leadership challenges? Chip, what's top of mind? I think culture, as, as Tammy said. I also think focus. I think that uh, in a world where we're all working remotely and we're more connected perhaps than ever to what's going on in our immediate environment, that maybe sometimes the focus that one needs to bring to work can suffer. And so I think as leaders, it's incumbent upon us more than ever to stress our focus. What are we, what are we trying to achieve and to develop ways to measure that and bring people along toward achieving those objectives. That's great. I would add one to the list, and that is performance. I think it relates to what you were saying, yeah. Chip. And I have to say this. So a shout out to all the people who are in service industries, particularly those in restaurants, because they're in a very difficult industry. We know the challenges, a lot of turnover, a lot of pressure, a lot of nasty, mean people out there right now. Oh, I've yeah. seen them. But nevertheless, I want to give a few vignettes of my dinner last night. So I go to a very nice restaurant. We go there probably once every other week. They know us. The hostess is relatively new, and she clearly does not enjoy her job. For many months, she did not wear a mask, the only one in the restaurant. They're required to uh, wear one. And now she has forced to comply, so she's wearing it kind of under her neck. And she's very angry. She is very angry. You come in, she does not say hello. She does not greet you. You just walk up. I say, Pritchard, party of two. And she just looks up and looks down. She's looking at to-go What an orders. awful first impression. It's an awful, awful yeah. experience. I think in a normal labor market, she wouldn't be there. Yeah. And uh, clearly very upset, not very kind. And I just figure something's going on in her life. You know, I'm always inventing stories. I I like to invent a story for, you know, what's the reason behind this? And they get very elaborate in my mind. Creative. Oh, very elaborate. And by the time I'm done, you know, she needs deep counseling and we're talking about her childhood. And then our server, and she would disappear for large amounts of time. And you, you know, we've all had that. And I think we all have to be more patient in a pandemic. And We recognize that. And I told my wife, you know, this is going to be like a European dinner, right? So (laughs) hours and hours hours and hours. So we're enjoying this European dinner and, you know, you just, you just chill. And then, you know, they bring your check and there's one time that you really just want to hand your card over and go and they disappear. They've been doing this all the time, but then it's kind of like, okay. And I put the stopwatch on 18 minutes and I couldn't find her. I was looking, I I then walked around, I was asking other people. Turns out she was smoking outside, et cetera. There's always a reason. And, and, you know, hey, I left a good tip. We go there all the time. You don't want to have people mad at you, et cetera. And she might be stressed. And I invented a story of why she needed that cigarette. And, you know, it was the first cigarette she's had since college because she had given it (laughs) up. You know, I just, you know, it's a way to build empathy. It may be fake, but, you know, it works for me. Here's the lesson. In an era where employees are leaving, where it's easy to leave, where it's easy for her to get another job at the restaurant next door, where it's difficult to retain your staff, where sometimes half the staff, the manager has told me at this restaurant, show up and half just don't, like incredible pressure. So I, I incredible grace I give to them. But how as leaders, this is a, this is a challenge in 2022, how as leaders do you not let performance slip? 
right. even in the midst of needing to retain your mm-hmm. staff, because you cannot allow your brand and your customer service to go to, to the bottom level and answer with the famous three words of why everything is horrible at the company, which is what? It's because COVID. <laughs> it's just COVID. That's what we hear all the time. One restaurant I was in the week before, signs at the front saying COVID, expect delays, expect horrible service, sit down on the booth, sign, expect it to be awful. Like I'm thinking, this is interesting. Now, of course, our food was really good. So I thought this was clever because they built the expectations low and then knocked it out of the park. <laughs> you're kind of like, hey, the food's here going to be awful. And then it's good. You know, you're like, whoa. Anyway, I think that's a leadership challenge. How do you react to that? Keeping performance, even in the midst of retaining people, not letting it slip to such a degree that you ruin your brand. I think there remain exceptional, committed, dedicated, hardworking people in the workforce. And I have a a different example. I won't go through the story, but local restaurant has remained successful throughout the pandemic, first doing carryout, of course, when restaurants weren't open. But when they reopened, very, very full. They just opened a second location. They're a um, family partnership kind of business, so three families partnering together. They are packed. You call and try and get a reservation, and you have to wait two or three weeks. It's sort of like being you know, in the old days in downtown New York City. And when you're there, every single person is engaging, communicative, responsive. Their service hasn't suffered. And I think a big part of it comes back to this issue of culture. I think they're hiring for attitude, first of all, and they're certainly communicating. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're communicating to people, this is who we are, this is our DNA, and this is how we treat each other, and it's how we treat our customers. And it's working for them. How do you build that? I think that you know does take time. They obviously have a reputation for it and have an ability to do it. And they have the family members working in the business too, which I think helps. It does help. And it creates a family environment, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. The good parts of family environment, that can go both ways, yes, I suppose. Yes, not the dysfunctional parts. Yes. That happens in the kitchen. Keep it hidden away. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Other challenges I would just think of, one is diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm-hmm. How in this world where all of these issues have come to the fore, have come to the attention of the world, and wanting to move in a way that embraces diversity, equity, and inclusion in a, in a different way, not talking about it, but doing tangible things to move it in a positive direction, to see more people of varying backgrounds in different positions. And that's easy to say, and it's very difficult to have happen. And also, I think, reasonable expectations. You know, what is it so that you say, okay, we want this, and sometimes we want it overnight. I know I'm one of them. Overnight, I want to have everything like they look like this, but it, it takes time. And you need to build that into the systems. You need to build it into thinking, into process. And I think that's going to be a big uh, challenge for companies everywhere, particularly in the United States, as this is an, an issue. I think that communication is a big one. Chip, you mentioned that in terms of these calls and videos. Absolutely. I think for many of us, the way that we communicate and the frequency of communication have changed dramatically. And I know I've had to learn to communicate 
in video conferences. Uh, and I know from doing a little bit of research that requires different skills than communicating in person in some ways. It requires more energy. Skip, we were talking about that earlier. It does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, if you go back to the beginning of the pandemic and remember how you felt physically at the end of your first day of back-to-back -back Zoom calls, I mean, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. That's what COVID was That's to many what people. COVID was. <laughs> That's right. And I'm sure we've all worked with employees who are maybe reluctant to be on camera sometimes. They're concerned about what's going on in their background. We've become more tolerant of that. So yeah, communication yeah. is definitely big a big one. component here. It, it's different. It drags on. People relate differently. Developing employees, I think, is different. Mm -hmm. um, I think that for many people, the focus has been just on keeping the engine going in the middle of a pandemic and not on how do I develop my team. And th that's a different focus. And you can lose that if you are just so worried about, you know, I'm worried about keeping the lights on. And that becomes a different topic to just, I want to connect with you. I want to understand what your goals are. And I want to know if I can help you get to your career aspirations. It's one of the reasons well, people leave. And those things you just said, I find video conference to be horrible for those types of conversations. Mm -hmm. I think the video conferences are fine for a meeting, a business meeting, a one-on-one, whatever, right? But for brainstorming, for truly kind of personal conversations, it's just an awful medium for it. And we've got to take the good of what we've done over the last two years and figure out, okay, video calls are great for this. I got a bunch of one-on-ones. I'm going to sit in my home office and just bang them out, and it's very effective. Brainstorming session, maybe an annual performance review, things like that, uh-uh. It's got to be purposefully done somewhere else. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer in energy, in feeling energy of a room and a people. And, you know, there's some studies about energy fields and you can feel things, et cetera. I just don't think you can get that same connection with people on a screen. I am looking forward to tech developing that at some point. Maybe that will happen. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll, not. Maybe it'll be in the meta world that we'll be in. I don't know. What will that look yeah. like? I don't know. Now but you can smell your colleagues. No, <laughs> I don't want that. No, there is a benefit to okay. being on the video. I think that that's true. Uh, developing team collaboration, I think, is going to be important. I think other challenges, managing change, very difficult to do. Acceleration. So... A lot of businesses have this issue. The technology is here. Everything's accelerated. So the pandemic accelerated everything. So things that were going to happen in five and seven years have happened already six months ago. And so if you didn't invest in certain things, you're feeling it. So you have to accelerate much, much faster in skills, in technology, in areas that you may not be equipped for. And a lot of businesses are going out. They just can't survive because they have not prepared for that day. So I think acceleration is a big one. Any other challenges you would add to our list? I might add, Skip, uh, time management. In the COVID world, where we're working virtually, you can work as many hours as you care to in a day, or in some cases, fewer than you should. And one of the benefits of working in a COVID world is that you can match the work to your natural rhythm. If, for instance, and I'm not saying I'm one of these people, you get up at midnight and are up until three in the morning, you no, can get you're some not. work done. No, no absolutely no. not. So that freedom is nice. On the other side, you've got to be disciplined and make sure that you're available to colleagues when you need to be and that you're hitting your deadlines. And you're not working not enough or way too much. Exactly. 
which I think the way too much had happened early on in the pandemic and a lot of people burned out. Part yep. of the resignation also, mm -hmm. accelerated retirements, et cetera, was exactly that issue. Yep. I think that's a big one. I think the point that you made earlier about where we are now versus year one is a good one too, because I think we did sort of, we were all back on our heels just trying to survive. And now we're trying to maintain and grow. That's a different set of skills and a different place to be. I would also add this one. I had interviewed Adam Bryant, and he told me, simplifying complexity is a leader's superpower. And I would say simplifying complexity is a big challenge in 2022 for all of these reasons, health, technology, strategy, customer change, inflation, all of these different things happening. That is definitely a superpower. I think the reason that is, and Drew's really good at simplifying, but the reason it's so hard in this environment is if you have most of the information, then you have the information you can use to simplify. When you don't have all of the boxes filled out, you only have some of them filled out, you don't know what the other information is, it's hard to simplify because you're having to make decisions without all of the data. And I think we've been in that environment. I do think the businesses and leaders that have thrived, though, are those that didn't sit back and say, well, let's wait till this is over. They were leaders in businesses that said, this is going to change things for the long run. Where can we refocus? Where can we reset? Where can we do things in a different way? You know, those are the people and the teams, I think, that have not just survived, but are thriving. Well said. Any other additions? Okay. I think the opportunity to experiment with things like communication, you know, just try different things. It might not work. It might fall flat on its face, but we're in a new environment now. So have your teams try different things. Get together, do a video call, get in person, just try. Because like you said, Tammy, we can't just wait and sit around and do nothing and hope that someday it's all, you know, back to whatever it was three years ago. It's true, Drew. And also this experimentation is important because of what you said earlier about forming habits. And we're now in new habits. And if those habits don't serve us well, now's the time to change them. And anyone listening needs to know those habits that you have, those things that you're doing, that structure, that process that you're in right now, it's called a rut for a reason. You've dug it. You can also get out of it, create a new one, try something new, drive across town, sit in a coffee shop, go to the office, call someone else, do something different, do a phone call where you did Zoom, do a Zoom where you did a phone call, go do anything different. That is goodness. And now I will say, I will share my number one challenge for leaders. This is what I was thinking when I woke up this morning. The number one challenge for leaders, are you ready? drum roll. I think the number one challenge for leaders is apathy. I think that apathy for self and others, apathy is an absence of feeling or emotion. It's really just about indifference. I think the danger of the total amount of stress that we have been under both individually, as families, as communities, as a country, as the world, as society, as companies, has bred so much apathy because it is really hard. And so many people shut down, act like a turtle, right? And go under into the shell and they seem to not care. So when I talk about that story about that hostess or that server last night, the real thing that, that they were having was apathy, indifference, indifference to me as a customer, indifference to me as a human being, not acknowledging, welcome, Thanks for coming. Could you just wait just a minute? I will be right with any kind of acknowledgement. 
there was no acknowledgement at all. I kept trying. I said, you're standing almost in the wind as the door opens. I would try anything trying to get and just, just look up and just kind of roll her eyes. Indifference. And it's a danger. Now, some people may smile. Some people may put the front on, but underneath are really full of apathy and indifference. And I think that is a very scary place to be. Many years ago, the USA Today ran a story and it said that if you have a problem with a company and you experience this problem and the company fixes it, you become more loyal to the company than if you never had a problem. Oh yeah, for sure. They also said this, the number one reason why customers leave and go elsewhere is indifference. It is that critical. So think about that as you're in your life, as you're interacting with other people, the world's become mean. The world's become a little more callous. The world's become a little more harsh to others. I don't know if it's because we're hidden behind masks. I don't know if it's the stress. I don't know what it is. But that apathy, and I, I use it in a very broad term, it's not just about passion for your job. It's about passion for living, passion for others, passion for the people you meet. Can you look them in the eye? Can you acknowledge them? Can you show you care? Can you show they matter? Can you show that you're not indifferent? Because if you do that, you're going to get more of that reflected back to you. And I think it will lead to a downward spiral. Any comments on my number one issue? It's a surprising one, probably, but that's what I was thinking. Normally, Tammy brings us out of the downward spiral. So I'm really hoping she's got something. We're waiting okay. for that. Yeah. Well, you know, I would not have thought of that, but it is so good because I think some people have lost hope. And if you're apathetic, you're not hopeful. They can't really coexist together. You know, they might have lost hope that things will get better, that they'll get more help, that will come out of this at some point, that, you know, they'll be able to move on with whatever else they had planned in their life before the pandemic happened. And I also think the mental health aspects of what we've been through have reduced people's well of ability to kind of pull out of themselves and say, how can I help you? What are you going through right now? So I think it's an excellent issue, and I don't know that many people would have thought of it as a leadership issue, but it is a people issue, and therefore, it's a leadership issue. It is, and I would say you can start and have that hope if you just, just show a little more interest, mm -hmm. ask a little more questions, have a keen interest in the other person, have a keen interest in where they're going, start asking questions, and you will find that you'll pull out of it so quickly. You can be indifferent and you can pull out of it so quickly. It doesn't take much. Just a little turn of the dial and you will find that you're going north instead of being lost and going into an iceberg. So that is my encouragement. Don't hit the iceberg. Does that sound good for that sounds, That's better. That's better. That's better. My yeah. grandmother used to say, when you're down, go do something for someone else. That's right. That's I think right. That's, I think that's exactly right. And uh, I think that what we need to do as leaders is turn up the dial on kindness and interest in others and also be a bit more vulnerable ourselves because this has affected all of us. And I think that when we're able to do that, we're going to make those connections that we all know are critical to our mental well-being. Absolutely true. Can we do all that while increasing the bottom line as well? Absolutely. Okay. I just Going back, back to the back beginning. Back to the I mean, let's, Excel let's, spreadsheet. Let's, let's, let's not lose focus here, people. <laughs> So if you're a leader, you're going to face challenges. You will be down, but there's always tomorrow. There's always up. Part of leadership is making a difference in the people's lives that are around you. 
And if you do that, and if other people look to what you're doing and you inspire them, you won't be indifferent, but instead you will be aiming higher. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.